Sweat Equity Podcast and Streaming Show, the number one comedy business podcast in the world. What? <laughs> we don't have our drops right now. I want money. You're just going to have to, yeah, you're going to have to real raw dog Give talk. Give me to money. Uh, we're all about pra- money me. <laughs> pragmatic entrepreneurial advice. Money now. With some real, real dog talk. What? Yeah. Uh, we have power business attorney to the stars, Stephen Fantetti, fantettilegal.com, if you need some business law services, you know, mergers, acquisitions. Boy, loves contracts. Loves them. Yeah. Uh, listen to us the on- The longer, the better. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere- Podcasts are delivered. We're there, baby. Uh, give us five-star review. Share it with a friend, uh, loved one, if they need some business hustle advice. And then this episode, sponsored by all the links to our sponsors, will be in the description. Sponsored by Squarespace, the all-in-one website creator. No programming necessary. Drag and drop. All creative. You need to get your merch store going. You want to sell tank tops like this if you watch on video. We've got our merch store at sweatequitypod.com. Go get your DILF tank. It's in Squarespace. All the tank tops that we're in the show are on our merch store. If you want to make your own website, hit the link to Squarespace in our description. And our other um, our other sponsors, Call Rail, track all the calls on your website. If you're a law firm, if you're a dental practice, you want all these call swap numbers so you can track every call, get that voice mail, get that data and see how your leads are coming in, go with the call rail link. You get a little hookup, holler if you hear me, with the link in this episode description. Also, Zyrotalk. Okay. You got anything cool to say? What's up? What? I mean, Zyrotalk's cool. You're a user of Zyrotalk. You've uh, implemented it. AI, Multiple times. AI learning live chat that they actually set it up for you. Yeah. That's so big. And Very then, little onboarding. And another one, another sponsor where we have actual humans that'll set up your whole CRM and hook up your marketing outreach is Bigly Sales. And that referral code is in the episode description to get the hookup. Holler if you hear me. I don't give a shit. Let's get it going. Howdy, Johnny! <laughs> Listening to the Sweat Equity Podcast. All right, let's get into it. Um, usually, don't I, we let the guests do their intros? But I know Steve so well. I wrote an intro for him. This should be good. So you can do his plugs. Let's see if I butcher reading this out loud. Uh, Steve Fantetti is a power business attorney with a focus on mergers and acquisitions. Owner operator of Fantetti Legal. Go to fantettylegal.com to have your business refined work the slogan in there nice uh he's an entrepreneur partnering in a gaggle of different companies over various industries some of those will remain confidential uh entire industries are confidential various industries that the companies are in that's confidential the names of the companies okay okay but the industries crushing this intro also confidential well, I, I'll let, I don't know what I can talk about and can't, so I just always shy. Oh, you should talk to your business attorney about that. Yeah, that's the one who advises me. Um, 
If you have any uh, kids that love watching video games, I'm partnered with uh, Steve on Ev Games. Go to everettgames.com. The link will be in the description. He's a former D2, D3, Michigan Tech slot wide receiver. Is he frozen? Uh-huh. Uh-oh. No, we got him. What's D2, D3 you play? D2. It's a it's an audio podcast. <laughs> I know it's your first time. He's a you D2. don't like to talk and stuff. No, you don't want to break my stride. He's not, not live, is it? Yeah. Not, he's not trying to hate like someone. Uh, no. He's a former D2 slot wide receiver from uh, Michigan Tech in the UP, Upper Peninsula. Uh, one of the friends of this program, future governor of Florida, Canadian born, <laughs> currently all about the stars and bars, proud American now, Stephen Fantetti. Uh, what's up, man? I was watching uh, Are You Garbage, and they give the best intros like that. Uh, not as good as that, man. That tops it. That's pretty girthy. Um, I'm impressed. Legendary. I think you're impressed because I actually did some prep. Yeah, that's what I was talking show. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was like, oh, I could write the descriptions of our guests before the show. Yeah, that's crazy. Because right after the show, I, I dart to go uh, make five people try to laugh at some, <clears throat> some gig. Um Steve, I don't know if we ever asked you this coming on. You probably come on more than anybody on this show. Um, but we started asking this question to new guests, like kind of, I don't know, when you, when you came aboard mm-hmm. uh, seven years ago. But what advice would you give your 13-year-old self? Oh, man, that's a tough question. So we, didn't, we never asked you this, huh? Never asked me this question. I've been on a lot. You're right. And uh, I have not been asked that question by you. So what I would say is probably... I'll give you. I can vamp if you need a minute. You know, Steve was bo- oh, born no, in I, the nice Windsor uh, <laughs> enclave <laughs> in Ontario. His dad's right. the constable. <laughs> Not anymore. He's retired. His dad wears a Mountie hat everywhere he goes. Rides a moose. No, I know. I just, I just like the cartoony picture of y'all's uh, Mounties. Uh oh. Oh no! Frozen. His oh. internet. All right, you're back. Okay. We're gonna tell I'm you when you're there. frozen. It's okay. I'd probably say I'd like to learn more earlier about taking more risks. You know, I, that, that's, a really, that's a new one. That's unique. I would say when we're younger, we're obviously always protected. Sometimes we get coddled. Um, you know, you don't learn enough about business when you're younger, and obviously rightfully so probably got enough to worry about as a child and try to learn about the world. But I think that can help you as you grow older to make decisions um, that – will help you probably gain more strides earlier in your life than you would later in life. So um, I think that would be something, among many other things, but top of my head to answer uh, while you did those Canadian jokes, I would probably <laughs> say would be to learn uh, more about the importance of taking risks earlier. You know, I, I think I've been thinking a lot about risk management and how bad just the general public is at assessing risk. Uh, yeah. Could be could be like in a primal self um, self preservation way, but it could also be in making decisions. And yep. I feel like uh, that is something we talk about. Like they need to teach like personal budgeting in schools. They need to teach you know some life stuff. Like that risk yep. risk assessment is very interesting. And uh, I was listening to Freakonomics podcast, and they're like, we're really bad at it. Basically, was the the gist. And I believe them because they pour through data. But I would say, though, mine was more focused on taking chances. Well, so you were conservative. Like, you wouldn't take a risk 
uh, and you're talking business mainly. I was trying to extrapolate it more everything. I mean, I meant everything. Yeah. Like, you know, don't go D2 and accept the offer too early. Maybe wait a little bit and try and see if you do get the D1 offer you want. But that was a safe play at the time. Do you mm. take a risk and wait? Or So that's what I'm saying. Like, there's different things where your life could maybe happy the way my life turned out. Don't get me wrong. I've got nothing to worry about. But what I'm saying is I think learning that early and understanding a way to do a cost-benefit analysis better because at a younger age, I mean, even when you're 17, 18 years old coming out, in, in, coming out of high school, I mean, your brain is technically still developing. You're still learning about the world. Your analytical and critical thinking skills still aren't going to be at their prime yet, um, despite what the SAT or ACT might try to tell you. <laughs> so I think that uh, that's kind of more what I what I geared it toward. I think a lot of the adult stuff and what you're talking about with risk, you know, those can be learned a little bit later. But I think because you'll be better at that in an early age, those decisions later become easier or better to be. You can analyze them better. That yeah, makes sense. Your intro could have been former practice squad NFL player, Stephen Fantetti. <laughs> you know, like, why not? You should have taken uh, a risk, man. Oh, it would have been way to, cooler for this interview. I meant to add a, a bunch of j- white wide receivers that you love. <laughs> like, he has a tattoo of Julian Edelman on his butt. One of my buddies in law school always called me Wayne Corbett when he'd seen me in the hallway. <laughs> Ooh, flashlight? Yeah. <laughs> Legend, legendary. He loves I went, to that, I went to that game when Keyshawn was talking shit and he had one catch for one yard. <laughs> That's true. That happened. Yeah. I, I was at that game. I was like, what the hell, man? When, when the Bucks used to do an eye formation, put key in motion, and then pretty much run to whatever side he stopped on, and then they would... They basically took five years off his career. Yeah, he could block though. He could block like a motherfucker. Right, right. Yeah, shout out Keyshawn Johnson. We'll get him on the show. Yeah, next um, week. Next week. Yeah. Well, you advise a lot of college athletes. What What's the kind of advice you're dispensing right now? Oh, frozen. Or he's thinking he's really thinking hard. Really hard. I'll, I'll vamp a little bit. It's weird that is. It keeps freezing and then it comes back. So there now he he's is. back. You're back. Oh, and now he's frozen yeah, again. I think if we say. Okay, is he there? I don't know why he's doing that. that the Disney it? people think we're copywriting the movie Frozen. Um, and, uh, what was it you were asking about? You were you, you advise uh, college athletes, yep. kind and of mentorship, NFL. right? Um, yeah, I help them. Yep. Uh, what kind of life advice are you giving them? I'm curious. Broad strokes. You don't have to get specific. Wait out for the D1 offer. Yeah, I think, I, th- I think a lot of it has to really just do with understanding that adversity is going to come. You may not see it yet. You might have had everything. These guys can be four or five-star players at a high school um, that it's going to come. So be ready for it. You can start preparing them for it, understanding um, that when the adversity does come, that it's not something that's supposed to hold you back. It's actually supposed to help you. Learning from failure is actually the best education. I firmly believe that. It's not learning about positivity or learning about... Um, just information in general. It's where people have failed or history where people have failed and the comeback, I think, is really um, one of the most important pieces of information someone can learn. And so that's one of them. The other one is definitely about financial literacy, understanding the importance of saving, um, how to maybe consider looking at investing what they have. They get a certain NIL deal. Understanding taxes are going to come out of everything that you have. And if you spend every dollar you get, you're going to have to make that up some other way. So, I mean, these these general things, which, I mean, I think you or Eric alerted to it earlier, you know, that we should be learning in school. I mean, I think in, you know, every state they should be doing that. It's something I would want to see in the state that I live in is changing a lot of the educational programs to focus more on real-life practical skills like that um, that people are going to need sooner than later. 
Um, and so those are the things that I really try to bring to them um, as I help athletes. I'm helping one right now from LSU, actually. Oh, um, just if I can throw that away. Throw that contract in the trash. I'm absolutely not. I'm looking forward to that one. Is that an so, Auburn yes. thing? Uh, okay. I hate, that. I, I, hate, I hate LSU more than Alabama. Um, oh, but anyway, and they don't money. care about you at all. Nope, nope. But I, I keep the <laughs> hatred alive like a Reddit. Guy. Alive. That's why college is all about rivalries, man. You got to have them, or else it's not juicy as it is. Now, I will um, say everything was cool until the six o'clock game. Everything was cool till about five p.m. on a Saturday. So Friday partying all the way tailgating, and then getting jumped before the game, getting wrecked into a fucking pickup truck by someone I wasn't even. I was looking down at my shoes. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. LSU fans. It dented. It dented the side panel of the uh, driver door of this car. That he he ran, jumped, and shoulder checked me into a truck, and it was just me and my friend. And then <laughs> I saw a mom sitting that saw everything. Who's the one who told us all this afterward? And she's like, "Don't do anything." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" And I think I got a concussion out of it, honestly, because um, I got up. My buddy Travis is yelling. He's six six, yelling at everybody. And I'm like. And so I, I get up, and I'm like, we got to go. We got to go. And then, like a vampire movie, all these yokels start coming in on us. Like, what's going on here? Are these guys starting trouble? And uh, like, oh, fuck. What vampire movie are you talking about? I mean, about? Uh, like a zombie movie. Okay. That's yeah. I mean. Well, that's uh, different. Zo- but, like, slowly, like, well, are these guys giving trouble? Like, you know. I know he's talking about all boys ain't from around here, are you? It turned like Cajun in like five seconds, like real <laughs> scary. I don't true. know even what you're saying right it's now. Please cor- stop hitting me. Corcosa, true detective, scary. And then uh, cab driver left me outside of the city. Mm. Um, Sounds like a, like a Burt Kreischer movie, man. <laughs> which, by the way, I saw and it was uh, like really well shot, like really well done. Very surprising. I thought it was going to be kind of your run of the mill. What, low Com- budget <laughs> comedy action like uh like a poor man's rush hour ish kind of thing but it's it was uh it was really well done i can't get over that it's more of an action movie with good jokes hmm. and it like okay. transition subtitles what did score. you see it on what's it on uh it's in theaters oh yeah, yeah. Okay. and uh, i forgot on, about those on your mom's house they're calling it the fat machine <laughs> <laughs> But he, I mean, there's two scenes. I'm dead on the inside. There's two scenes that made me laugh, like, hysterically, like, out loud. Just like, I can't believe this is going on. But, um, what do you mean you're dead on the inside? Uh, nothing really makes me laugh out loud, especially like going in a movie. You don't feel feelings anymore? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was clarifying. Is this new, this new to you? Uh, kind of. You don't seem dead on the inside. No, but like comedy-wise, like it's tough. Oh, you're dead comedy-wise on the inside. Yeah, ah. but it's funnier just to leave it open-ended, I thought. Um, I didn't think we were going to break it down like a contract. You knew I was gonna. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're, you're all afferent sinusty up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, uh, so, succession planning. We were talking about, you and I, uh, Steve, we were talking about this last night. Here's the deal. Yeah. Eric hasn't seen the finale of Succession. So Ooh, we can't spoil it. So we can't spoil we it. I already spoiled it on LinkedIn. I did. What are you That was a doing, joke. Oh, it was a joke. Dude, Cousin Greg doesn't take over as a CEO. That Anything can, never can happen, happen on Succession. Not, Anything can happen. Dude, never. That he has no, there's no line for I him bought anymore. it. I bought it. Oh, I th- Hook, line, and sinker. I thought you knew I was fucking around. No. Good. I hope other people That's thought I was. I, I thought other people, <laughs> I hope other people thought that too. 
I thought that was so outlandish was like, huh. that there's no way anybody believed it. I think you're you had s- to go even you had to go outside the family for one to really like mess with it. But oh. he's my he's uh, uh, next time there's an epic show finale. I'll help you with your joke writing. <laughs> okay, that I do need punch up. Um, but it's it's a great show. Like uh, I don't want to brag. My major in college, entrepreneurship and family business management. Um, they've truncated that to just entrepreneurship now as a major. But I, I like the succession planning classes I had because my teacher was a consultant uh, outside of being a professor. He just liked being a professor. He didn't need to do it, which is kind of the best guy to teach you all this stuff. Okay. And, and he would always talk about like, Pretty much like third generation, never works, never succeeds, basically. Just like a lot of um, wealth, by the third generation, it gets kind of depleted. It's not like everybody saves or, or creates more money if they, they get endowed a lot. And uh, business, in the same respect, it's really tough to transition down to the sons and daughters and then you know grandkids eventually. Um, why do you think that is, Steve? And he's thinking or frozen? Still thinking. I'll, I'll, I'll vamp. Um, you know, the, I think it's because they're lazy. Well, that's part of it. The part of the show of succession that's interesting is these, these three out of the four kids are vying for something they never earned. They've never earned anything. Right. And we were talking about this last night. What's the value of free? Nothing. It's zero! Yeah. Um, so are you are you sure about that? Giving them, giving that to them too early is absolutely zero value. No, if you give anything something for if you give someone something for free, the value of it is seen as zero, right? Yeah. And if you if you're talking about kids that have uh, entitlement to positions right. that they never really earned in their real life, like uh, Kindle and Roman, it, it presumably worked underneath. The Waystar family of brands, you know. Yes. Yeah, they never really talk about their education, do they? Shiv at least went outside and did something else, PR wise, politics or politics, uh, which yeah, is seen as the opposition for them in a lot of ways because she was on the Democratic side, I guess. Uh, yep. Connor wants to run for president, <laughs> and he's like, right, just because he has the money, right. And uh, which is pretty much all you need. He's he's the best scene stealer in that show, just. Just playing it straight up, like doesn't the entitlement? I think part? Tom Tom Wom's Gams is the scene stealer, in my opinion. Tom's the best because I love an effeminate hard ass guy in right. business. They're so funny to me because they can never yell at you and it'd be effective if you played sports. Right, <laughs> right. Like first off, if you played team sports and you played it with some hard ass coaches, like people yelling at you at work doesn't really phase you. Right. I can't but, remember my football coach like yelling at us to stop complaining about getting bit by ants on the on the sand pit yeah. football field that we practice on. It was like, oh, okay, I see. Mine told me you only have value, one mother. I think there's value though in throwing people into position sometimes and seeing if they'll sink or swim. Sometimes that experience can be the best experience. I'm not saying I'm taking one position or the other. I'm a firm believer you have to earn your way there for sure. Um, I definitely wouldn't hand anything to anybody, but sometimes there's situations where. You know, if they've been involved in the company long enough, maybe that was the situation in succession, like Kendall or whatever it was, that you think, you know, they have enough charisma, they have enough ability to figure things out that maybe 
you know, it's time to throw him into the deep end of the pool and see what happens. Because, I mean, you can always replace him. Um, but sometimes that training can be the best experience. And maybe that's the only way to do it. So that's what I'm saying. There's more than one school of thought on it versus just taking it kind of. Oh, sure. I'm talking about people without grit, people who haven't had any, any hurdles to get over in their professional career. They never had adversity. They never felt whatever it is. Yeah. They had a nerfed professional track, you know, that they couldn't get fired either. That was the other part of it was, you know, no, but I don't think it was positions, though. I think in this show, it was strategically meant to put them on the board. Giving someone a board of director's seat means that you think your kids are going to vote with you so you can move decisions right faster and easier for a big conglomerate Fortune 500 company versus if you had a more diverse board with non-family members, you got a very large chance of either losing your position, not, not, not being chairman, or potentially not having your views or positions for direction of the company you want to go from not happening because you're going to be outvoted by a very much more diverse board. So well, I think strategically, that's why, you know, the dad really did that. Um, I don't think he necessarily thought his kids were worth a shit, really. Either. I thought he did it as a puppeteering. Right. You know, that might have been. He knew how to manipulate all three of the, let's call it the main kids. Uh-huh. But he, you know, what he, all three kids had one, he, Logan had three really bad aspects to him. And each of those three main characters had a piece of that. They all got in their own way with it, too. It became their downfall throughout the whole series. Um, mm-hmm. And Roman being a pervert, too, doesn't help. Which is maybe the, <laughs> one of the funniest scenes in any TV Yay! show. <laughs> that made me laugh, for sure. Because him, just him looking at him in the meeting, like... Uh, Which one? What scene are you talking about? I was reading the article today. Have I seen was, it? Yeah. yeah, it was the last season. Oh, okay. There was, there was four scenes that got cut that him and Jerry were supposed to have in the last uh, episode. So we were, we were talking about that last night, right? Yeah. Like, but I don't want to spoil any of it. Right, it's fine. But it, it's a scene that of not happening that makes it interesting. There's a lot of that in these in the this this last season of like you you thought a scene might happen between two characters that didn't, and you're like maybe that was on purpose. It it's a it, it's a bit of a puzzle ish show in a psych character kind of way. Mm. Um, oh, this show. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's in it. There's a lot of subtlety. Uh, you know, Kendall has a thing with kind of water as a visual in a lot of his scenes. That when he's majorly going up or down, or mm-hmm. he's looking at the water. But I mean, he he's the best actor on the show, um, maybe other than Tom. But he plays that guy. This is what I was telling you last night. And this is another guy you see in the business world everywhere. The guy. That is like fake it till you make it, but has like zero self awareness in the small talk kind of way. Yeah, you know he's like, yeah. "Hey, bro, how about uh, baseball?" And you're like, "What? You mean the Rays?" <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." But you fucking love them, dude. And you're like, "All right." I like how all three of the kids, anytime <laughs> they have helpers around, they're like, "Oh, right, you can fuck off now." That's uh, how they dismiss everybody. You can fuck off. Well, now. that's how they were taught. Right. Yeah, he speaks Look, metaphors and all that stuff. He always says those all the time to like prove his point. Half people don't know what he's talking about when he's speaking about him. Yeah, he's using trending phrases that he probably heard somewhere else. It's this. It's Goji meets um, meets Apple yeah. computers meets Tesla yeah. Motors meets the iPhone. You know, like you're like that doesn't even make sense. You already said Apple. Um, yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> that's hilarious. And, and exactly. I love the subtle outfits he has. That are like the Ed Hardy style, right? You know, he's trying a little too hard. Oh my god, dude! I was in LA in the Ed Hardy era, and it was 
banging, dude. There's so many 50-year-old deadbeat dads wearing V-necks, spackled, glittery jeans. Yeah. With like uh, Floor Delane on them. I do like the show and the politics of the company that they bring in. Like, you know, all that stuff, like having your kids take over. It's not just a matter of like, are they qualified? It's like, how are the optics? How are the comms? Well, oh, the other, yeah. Well, the other part uh, I was going to piggyback off what Steve was saying is I thought part of the reason in the show they're on the board is because usually if a board, if you become public and the founder's still involved, usually he'll try to have everybody he knows on the board if he can. Or, you know, like if it's a young board, like if it, let's say the IPO happened a couple of years back, right? Yeah. Then he might have control to be able to get. Those got those people he wants on there, is that it's fair possible. to say? Yeah, I mean it, it, it's possible. It's hard to say this one way or another because it really depends on the dynamics of how the company is formed. I mean, a lot of times if you have investors that help grow your company to get it to where it's going, those investors are going to want board seats in return for them giving you their capital because right. they're going to have a say in what happens to protect their money, right? So if there are those those sometimes those generational seats can carry forward. But sometimes, and I think what you're trying to get at is a lot of times if that's the case with companies' growth through capital, when those individuals cash out, they're gone. They don't need to keep their board seat. They don't have any investment to protect unless they want to keep them around. So that's when you fill the new seats, and it could be in situations like you're just talking. So it really depends on what phases the company are in as they grow and scale to know for sure. Not, he's not pausing dramatically. He's just thinking. He's frozen dramatically. He's like Jordan Peterson. You know, he just takes long breaks. Mm. There we see him. Um, I, I yeah. You heard. Uh, we, we missed the last, like, 20 seconds. Oh, I was going to say every... Because I was like, companies go through those evolutions with the capital, whether or not um, those investors get to keep their seats or if they cash out and they're gone, then those new board seats would open up. And that's kind of the evolution of companies in terms of whether those individuals stay on or if they're going to leave and they cash out, they don't need those board seats anymore, then you're going to fill them with those new people. And that's what could happen here where you now have room for your kids or new people or younger youth to come in and fill different seats on the board and you want to have a more diverse board as possible. Um, that's one of the ways that it happens. So if you're a small business owner, let's talk outside of IPOs and, and big uh, scary board of directors. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know a lot of people that are like, I want to hand my business over to my son, but he has zero interest and I can't get him into it. You've got a seven-year-old, right? He's seven? Seven-year-old's my oldest. And, yeah, a, and a one, is he two? Two-year-old. Two-year-old? Yeah, two, yep. Two-year-old that looks like a little Mike Allstott. He's going to be like a fullback. He's going to be like Lorenzo Neal, busting <laughs> through. Maybe a three-technique three, three technique defensive tackle, who knows? All right. Um, but uh, Mark it on the tape. How... And I'm sure you've thought about this like I have. I want, I, I want my kids to have kind of an entrepreneurial spirit, but I know if I press it too hard, it's going to be tough. So uh, they, my daughter loves money, which is great and kind of gross. She likes to tell me this all the time. I want money. <laughs> yeah. She's, but she, since she was two, she's like, I want money. And I can see that as her being an adult, being like, she is going to be a, like a CEO, kind of like. I'm kind of scared of her already. Uh, dude. The amount of women have told me, uh, your daughter's my spirit animal before the age of five, hmm. <laughs> female friends of mine. And I'm like, you're supposed to 
be her spirit. You're you're supposed to be she's the one. A she's a human being, up to. though. She's like she just tells it like it is, and I'm like, um, <laughs> that's not always great. Trust me. Um, but like, I want I want to. I'm trying to set up little things, uh, you know, day to day to see if I can kind of in, incentive. I think of incentives and punishments. Have you thought about this for your kids? Like, you you don't necessarily have the family business to hand off. Uh, I mean, you could technically, but like. I'd- it's not, like you, estate, it's not like a plumbing company is what I'm saying. Like, it's not like this is a family, uh, you know, family-owned, local. We, we don't even – we hate the internet, but we – you know, like that kind of old-school style. I'm just trying to think, have you thought about ways – and I don't know if you've got any either no. for your kids. Like what? trying to – not like – you want your kids to play team sports because you want them to be – just going to say – Working uh, teams, yeah, right? I like to coach basketball. That's about it. No, but I'm saying, like, I, I see it like that. Like, I want them to play team sports because there's so many things you get out of that, uh, being selfless, having to work together, having to work with people that suck, but they're still on your team, uh-huh. or you suck and you have to try to not be a nuisance, you know? That or was like my... when to take over when you know that right. other people when suck. You, when... you might have to carry the load. Who's the chief? Who's the Indian that can switch play to play? That's a metaphor I can't use anymore. Um, Just getting yelled at by coaches. Yeah, and be able to take that shit on, yeah, on the chin. Yeah, get used to getting yelled at. Getting the face mask pulled over, mm-hmm. pulled in, which is like, dude, what? I, you just took me out because I just had my hands on my knees. Right. You think that's going to help? I'm like, get your shit together. Um, I think about, I, I want them to have an entrepreneurial spirit even if they never own their own business. Because I, I see entrepreneurship as also kind of a career mentality too. You know, if you're, if you're a high-end executive, you're, you're essentially doing a lot of succession mind games as well to kind of get that corporate politics. So I kind of see them very similar. I didn't know if you've been doing anything with your kids, Lemonade Stand. Uh, I mean, yep. we're doing a brand, I guess, with your kid. I, I kind of knew the answer. You did the intro. What? I don't know if he, I don't know if, I, I don't know how much he realizes it's about. Like How I, much I work you've put into it. Well, I, it was, yeah, in the beginning, there's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of uh, sweat equity, no pun intended. Um, that was definitely intended. Don't give me no pun intended bullshit. No, but I, I see the forest for the trees, but I get it on an uh, analytical level with a lot of experience of this stuff. Like, you know, I don't know what he knows. I know he gets most of it, though, but I didn't know if, like, that's something you're trying to push on your kids. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, but I mean, it's, uh, it's the things like I told you about starting to learn to take risks. Sometimes things won't work out. Sometimes you're in a situation you may not like, but if you can find something that you're good at in that situation, even if you're on a team, like Eric was saying, and like let's say everybody else sucks, you got to take over, then this is when you do it. Or you could be the worst guy on the team. But you know what? I'm good at this. I'm going to make sure I do good at this because this makes a contribution to it. Damn it, Frozen. Always but yeah, on top, but like the way he's talking, it's like there's always like the guy... And I just go with basketball. It's like there's the guy who might not be the best player, but he, he does everything the coach tells him to do. He hustles and he plays good, you know, and That's it's just me, like, and, and you're just like, why is this guy on the team? You're like, oh, okay. The coach likes him for one. I sucked yeah. at basketball, but I was hustle champ. Right. Yeah, like, oh, but he can rebound. That's right. I was about to say, I rebounded and I played defense. Yeah, I could imagine he'd be a pain in the ass to play with. Dude, I'm Bruce Bowen, dude. And sometimes in business, I would correlate with sports like I always do, but sometimes that could be the catalyst that puts you over the top that one day. You know, we were playing a team that shot every time down the floor more than anybody else, and we needed rebounding that night. If we didn't have that person, we may not have won. So 
In business, it's the same thing. You might need to get something done at the 11th hour, and that person came through with their individual skill set, even though they're not good at anything else, and it contributed to the cause, and the company benefited because of it. Yeah, I pull a lot from football into the professional world. When you're, you're fucking gassed out, your tires fuck, like burnt. Yeah. You and I, all three of us have dealt with burnout in different periods in our life, you know? Uh-huh. It's one of those things. It, plus, we're all dads, and it, it, you, know, you have to manage that as well and try to be present around those things. It's definitely important to teach a kid how to find that other gear, you know? Exactly. That, that thing where it's like, you think you're done. You're not done. Your brain is telling you you're done, but you're not. And I've had it happen to me so many, you know, where it's just like, oh, man, okay, I did do it. Like, I was able to do it, even though I convinced myself I wasn't, you know, and because you don't have another choice. Right. And pushing yourself a little bit further, like if you're weightlifting or something. Like right. Add another five pounds to that. Stretch it out. When you think you can't do it, do it a little bit further. Those kind of, uh, that kind of gumption grit kind of thing. Yeah. Learn how to dig deep. Uh, um. Anything else on your mind? Because we can't really, it's really tough to talk about succession without, uh, uh, I don't want to mess it up, um, but the show, the show is so good, uh, it, and I didn't think it was rewatchable, and I wa- rewatched most of season four over on Sunday. I just started season one yesterday after you left, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. In the background. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over, and I've already learned things I've missed hmm. that were foreshadowing the ending. It's crazy in the first really? episode. Like Tom's last name. No, it's not the, one of them. But... The obs- <laughs> well, the obs- I already sent the link to him. I didn't click it, though. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I didn't click it. Well, it could be a hint, like Da Vinci Code, to uh, a lot of stuff that happens. But a very very small hint. It'd be tough to really extrapolate that from the first episode when he says his last name. No, but I would say to wrap it all up, I mean, everything talked about here has value. And I think if you connect things from the show and other things we talked about, I yeah. think that it. That, 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 that it's important to note that if you're going to deal with just the business in general, I think it's better to scale it slowly and not just give up ownership or seeds to people. I mean, there's different ways you can set people up to be a part of your company. They earn it. You can give them profit sharing rights. And if they're helping contribute and they're making profits, then they are growing the company and then they can earn a seat on a board or they can earn a position as an executive. I think you're not giving up too much too early. And I think eventually it's going to get there. If you can be creative enough, whether it's with your lawyers or your business personnel or consultants to help you scale and understand how to strategize to put your business in a position where you can get talent, make sure you have the right people, test them out, and then you'll have them in the right places. So I think those are good things to look at doing to kind of summarize up if that makes sense. Yeah, if you're trying to succeed your family business to your kids that work in the business currently, my professor is always like, you have to figure out objective benchmarks to put out there and get it confirmed by people outside of the family. If you want your kids to inherit things, I agree. Like, I have a trust for my kids. There's conditions they have to meet to get things at every age. Really? Like what? And what's the earliest age? Well, it depends when I die, right? So, if me and my well, wife, you're an are, AI robot. I mean, you that's when you're one of the, when you run out of yeah. batteries. You're so one of the more prolific age. workers I've ever met. It's it's really interesting because I think you're Neuralink. You're 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 Tesla AI. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like those are the things you can Glosses do. Where they over can it. Eventually, that's what, they can step that's what a robot in. would do. They can step in, and then <laughs> they're going to be able to get things if they've earned them. And they like if you have a certain GPA then you can qualify to get a car in high school. The kind of car you can get can't be a motorcycle or a convertible, and you can keep it conservative. And then if they want to start a business, if they, if they didn't go to college, 
You know, the trust can contribute 20% towards capital to start it. Then you have to present a business plan and do all these things. So you actually make them earn and do the things you should do to start a business versus getting things handed to them. So those are just certain things you can think about. Are all those things real that you do, did it with your kids' trust? Yeah, I drafted those things myself. I, I've written some. <laughs> How long is this uh, agreement? It's a long document. Dude, dude long the, pro, document. the pro loves <laughs> contracts, dude. Bro loves it. like, fuck it. I'll just do my, my own shit. My wife had a lot of input in it, too. She bro, was. the bro, I mean, they're two lawyers married. By the way, so they like yeah. this is nothing for them. I'm sure finding a place to go to dinner is easy. But you need a probate. It. Yeah, you need probate to do it, or have an executioner. No, you avoid probate. I mean, avoid it. probate. But like you need you need the executioner, uh, or the the entity that is your executioner, um, to get that stuff done right. So, you know. That's yeah. That's interesting. I've written stuff out, but in bullet points. Is uh, executioner the right word? No. Okay, not? thank you. What? To execute, executor? To executor? Is that what trustee, it is? Trustee? Executor. My bad. I was thinking... I was like, who's, how well, many people are going to get killed here? I was Jesus. thinking execution of whatever's laid out. <laughs> yeah. Look, you man. You know, I just don't want the listeners repeating this. The guy on the podcast said we need an executioner. Do I don't know. Do we got to go buy a hood? I don't think anybody Does takes us. one of those us, black hoods and a big two, sword? I don't think anybody takes us too verbatim. <laughs> I think if anything we give out that is something interesting, they probably look it up from someone smarter. I sure hope so, everybody. Go and chat GPT. Absolutely. Or yeah, fact check. Um, Please. That's a whole other pod right there. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It, any, anything else? When are you running for politics? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. People on video can when see I know, that. I'll let you know. Yeah. Smile. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you better let me know. I get to at least, coy. at least put a proposal in to run the campaign digitally. You're gonna be you're gonna be the guy, bro. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, I'm gonna be the guy sweating, smoking cigarettes, like <laughs> looking like I'm like just a live in the mailroom or something. I'm gonna run like against that Ben Affleck meme. <laughs> it's gonna be like a weird office, retail office that has Fantetti. You know, posters everywhere. Right, old mannequins in the corner. Like, <laughs> like, what the hell are these for? Gray, Don't ask about it. Gray file cabinets that, you know, not labeled. Just a lot of crap everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, I don't know. I don't know where the team is, man. You yeah. know, he's going to walk in. and got Wear that exact same tank top. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll get a professional tank top. Right. I'll, I'll, get, get a, I'll get a button-down. Campaign manager. A campaign. Well, no, get your campaign cut off. I'll just I'll get one like Gordon Gecko and I'll just add sleeves like I'm a real stripper. Perfect. <laughs> uh, and then, add sleeves. <laughs> um, well, anything else you got before we no, skid out? Man, I think that was good. That was perfect. We're at time. Covered enough. We can do part two, man. After he watches Succession, it's like hooking <laughs> up with yeah. me. It goes by very quickly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dirty and easy. Everybody's a little undersatisfied, under underwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, sorry, the babe, you're so compromise. hot. You're just so hot. I, I can't help it. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to leave before I say something super embarrassing. Yeah. Why? Um, <laughs> I, I cleaned my asshole yet. out before I got over here. Yeah, so, you made sure to tell me that. Well, I thought that was polite, and uh, I wanted to show you I cared. Thank you. This We don't have to burn this seat after I, my asshole stank so bad. How could you even – I mean, are you that flexible? Hey, it was, it was, it was great talking to you, <laughs> All right. When are you running for office again? Yeah. We'll, Talk we'll, about lost stink asshole. We'll cut that last part out or not. Um, either way, I'll clean my asshole when I'm campaign manager. Steven All right. Fantetti was Thanks for having me on, boys. Good talking to you again. Yeah, Peace. man. Thank you. All right. Later.